Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. It is so good to be in the house, and this is certainly the day that the Lord has made, and we choose to rejoice and to be glad in it. And I'm, again, just such an honor to be with you all uh, on this morning. Certainly want to honor uh, Pastor Eric and his uh, wonderful wife, Jessica, uh, the pastoral team here, the executive team, the staff. Can we just give it up for uh, just the pastors, the staff? Uh, This is such an amazing church. Uh, We also want to welcome our online church familia, uh, as well as the men at Everglades Correctional Facility. We love you. We're so grateful that you're a part of this family. Again, let's give them just a hand clap. And again, I'm just so honored to be here, Um, you know, throughout this pandemic the last couple of years. uh, Pastor Eric and this, uh, really, this entire church has just been such a blessing to us uh, as church planners. We planted uh, Legacy Church uh, 14 months uh, after, uh, actually 14 months before uh, the pandemic started, and it's just been uh, such an encouragement to us and our team to have uh, a place that we could uh, call home, a uh, place where we felt supported and encouraged. And I think one of the things that I certainly just don't want us to take for granted is uh, what I love about the local church is that they're not in competition with other churches. Amen. Um, uh, Pastor Eric, amen, amen. That's, we can give a hand clap of appreciation for that. But they really, I think the pastoral leadership and the team, the executive team here, man, they really just have a heart to see uh, the kingdom of God extended here in South Florida. And so uh, we are just so, so appreciative of you all. Thank you so much for your prayers and your encouragement throughout this uh, last couple of years. I do believe that God has a word for us uh, this morning, and so I won't waste any time. If you have your Bibles uh, this morning, I'd love for you to turn to Matthew, uh, the 13th chapter. Excuse me, actually, Matthew, the 5th chapter, the 13th verse. Matthew, the 5th chapter, the 13th verse. I'm going to be reading this morning from the Christian Standard Bible Version. I will also uh, have the words on the screen. Matthew, the fifth chapter, and we're going to look at verse 13 for your hearing on this morning. These are the words of Jesus. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. I want to speak to you all this morning from the topic, living as salt. Living as salt. Let's pray and ask that the Lord would help us this morning. Our God and our Father, we bless you and we honor you today. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Lord, would you remove all distractions this morning? The people are not here to see me. Uh, They're here to hear a word from you. And so, Jesus, we pray that you be glorified. Holy Spirit, would you help us? Uh, Would you open our eyes so that we could see? Would you open our hearts so that we could receive the word of God with gladness and thanksgiving so that we can ultimately apply the word of God to our lives so that we can serve you as best as possible where you've placed us. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said amen Amen. and amen. Um, One of the terms uh, that 
are kind of nicknames or slogans that I grew up with, originally from Washington, D.C. And I remember hearing this slogan when I was on the bus, you know, riding to school. I remember hearing this slogan uh, after I would lose a basketball game. I remember kind of hearing this slogan uh, sometimes when I would tell my friends about something that happened to me that that was disappointing, that I would always have people in my life that would encourage me when things happened that were disappointing. They would say, Stephen, don't be salty. Have you ever heard that before? Uh, They would say, don't be salty, which basically means don't be upset. Don't be disappointed. I know things didn't go the way that you had hoped. I know the basketball game didn't end the way that you hoped. I know your parents didn't get you. um, I'm going to age myself a little bit. The starter jacket that you wanted. Anybody want a starter jacket back in the day? I know your parents. My parents got me the starter jacket eight years after I wanted it. And it was out of style. So my parents would say, uh, my friends would say, Stephen, don't be salty. And, uh, you know, it's, it's still kind of hanging around a little bit today, but I just remember the term. And it, again, it was an encouragement to not be angry, to not be infuriated, or to not be annoyed. When we look at the particular context of what Jesus is saying this morning to us in Matthew 5, 13, Jesus is actually encouraging us, though this kind of term salt um, has a, can have a negative connotation you know, in kind of my upbringing, uh, this morning, I believe that Jesus is encouraging his followers through Matthew 5 and verse 13 to be salty, to be salty. Matthew 5, 13, he says that you, talking of believers individually and also the church, he's saying that you are the salt of the earth. And then he gives this warning. He says, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? He said, it is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under Jesus' feet. So it's a negative connotation often in the world to be salty, but Jesus is encouraging individual believers to be salty, and just based on kind of connotation, he's encouraging us as the church to be salty. And so we've got to ask ourselves the question, if Jesus, the master teacher, the master preacher, the master communicator is asking us to be salty, We've got to figure out what it means. So here's my hope today. I promise I'll have you out by 1230 to one (laughs) o'clock. Is that we're going to explore three characteristics of salt and how Jesus uses this term metaphorically to communicate to us as followers of Christ the desired impact that we would have in our world. And so I just believe that this is going to be a message that applies to everybody in here, that if you are alive, if you're looking at me, if you've got breath in your lungs, if you're in your right mind, if you've got clothes in your back, I believe if you are a follower of Jesus in here today, that God's desire in your life is that you would have a positive influence on those that you are connected to. Amen. Amen. Let me just give you a quote uh, this morning. I found this quote uh, this week and I thought it applied very specifically, what we're talking about is a talk by a pastor named Tim Keller. He's a pastor uh, up in uh, New York. And he says that Christianity is the only identity that is received, not achieved. Christianity is the only identity that is received and not achieved. Here is why that is good news for us. What is, well, the reason that's good news for us is that who we are in Christ Jesus is not based on us dotting every I, 
It's not based on us. Uh, no, did I say dotting every I, crossing every T? Amen? It's not good on us being good enough. Who we are in Christ is directly connected to what Christ has done. So I'm thankful that who we are, again, is the identity that we received is received and not achieved. And so I'm going to just give you these three characteristics this morning. The first characteristic about salt is that salt is a, somebody say seasoning. Salt's a seasoning. And I told you all the last time I was with you, I had the pleasure to be with you all a few months ago. And I love Pastor Eric. Uh, love his, again, his wonderful wife, Jessica. And he's been such an encouragement to me since we've been in South Florida almost five years. But I also communicated the last time we are here that, that Pastor Eric, I mean, again, he texts me, he encourages us, and we, we encourage each other after messages have been shared. We, uh, we pray for one another. But one of the things that I've grown to appreciate in hanging out with Pastor Eric is just, you know, we go to, you know, a restaurant. Uh, he's helped me kind of raise my standards a little bit. I'm not looking to, you know, get a steak at Burger King or some type of uh, fast food place. We might go to a good restaurant. And here's one of the things that I've learned when you go to a good restaurant and they prepare a steak. And again, y'all going to laugh at me a little bit. When I first moved to South Florida, and again, I just, I feel, I feel the judgment right here. I would often, I'd ask for my steaks to be well done. I know, I know, I know, especially South Florida. I mean, you all, like the thing is still mooing when it's on the plate. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm telling y'all, and again, I'm, I, I've graduated. Y'all continue to pray for me. I've graduated to medium. <laughs> I've graduated to medium. But I grew up in a house with scientists. And so again, I just remember everything was well done. But one of the things that I've learned and going to a nice steakhouse, perhaps if I came to you know, one of you guys' house today, is that um, to, pre- like to, to prepare a steak to be consumed, here's what most people need. Here's, here's all you really need so that the salt, uh, so that the steak is ready to be consumed is you just need a little bit of what? Just a little bit of salt. Just a little bit. Not a whole lot. And the salt exists to bring out the flavor. Whatever the salt comes in contact with, I mean, there's just a, there's a positive reaction. So I've, I've just kind of learned that because I was the type of person growing up that when I, you know, when I had my steak, I needed some A1. I know, y'all feel the judgment. I, I needed some, some, I needed some steak sauce. Uh, I, I, and I've just learned that to really appreciate a good steak, you just need some salt and it's ready to be consumed. And so here's what Jesus does for us. Again, the master teacher, the master communicator, because he wants his followers to know the impact that he desires for us to have in the world is he uses this term salt. And the first description is that salt is a season. Let me read a definition for you. Is that salt is used as a universal flavor improver that reduces bitterness and amplifies taste. Salt is designed to bring out the best of what it, whatever it comes in contact with, salt leaves a mark. Salt leaves a mark. And so as we begin to think about the, the life that Jesus has called us to, here's what you got to know. In spite of the things that you've gone through in the past, in spite of the things that you're presently dealing with, and in spite of what you will deal with in the future, if Jesus has saved you and the Spirit of God indwells you, his desire in your life is for you to make a mark. It's for you to make a difference in somebody's life. Here's my first application. It'll be on the screen. 
is that we've got to make sure if salt is a season and Jesus has designed us to make a mark in the lives of those that we're connected to, we've got to choose to live a life of generosity and service. We've got to choose. We've got to make a choice. We've got to know that, that what we go through, what we experience, God often uses those experiences to be a blessing to those that we're connected to. What does it mean to be generous? It means to use our time, our treasure, and our talents to make much of him. It means that God has given us breath and God has given us the activity of our limbs so that we can make a positive impact on the world in which we find ourselves in. Uh, here, here's what I want to suggest to us, and I believe that it's right here in the scripture, is that as followers of Christ, we ought to be the most optimistic people in the world. We ought to be optimistic, uh, not because of the degrees on our wall, not because of the amount of money that we have in our bank account, not because of who we're connected to. We ought to be optimistic about the world and even people that we're engaged with because of what God has done in our life, because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. So when I begin to think about, okay, God, how can I be seasoning? How, how can I be sought? How can I uh, be a positive influence in my workplace? How can I be a blessing on the basketball team or the soccer team I'm, that I'm on, or perhaps high school? How can I make an impact in the world around me? I believe the answer to this question is the gospel. What, what qualifies us to be people who make a difference is because we realize that we're not able to make a difference in and of, and of our own self. We're not able to do it in our own strength. We're able to make a difference in the lives of other people because of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Amen. It's because of what Christ has done. It's remembering the gospel. The good news that Jesus is our saving king and his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, the sending of the spirit means that the Lord Jesus, our resurrected king, has provided us everything that we need to be a blessing to those around us. He's done it for us. And what we can celebrate this morning is that our identity is not based on outside circumstances. It's not based on who the media says that we are. It's not, it's not based on things that people would often externally like to attach to us. Our identity is based on Christ and what he has done. So I want you to consider perhaps that circumstance you find yourself in, which is just tough, I want you to consider perhaps the, the relationship baggage that, that you've either been a recipient of or perhaps that you, you're currently in and to ask yourself the question, Jesus, how are you seeking in the midst of what I'm experiencing to give me the grace that I need to live a life where I'm giving myself away for the benefit of others? And that's one of the things that I love about the local church. I mean, whether it's the food distributions, or just, again, all of the ways uh, in which we've positioned ourselves as the body of Christ to make sure that people in this community know that we're not here to make much of ourselves, but that we are here to make much of our king. If that's good news, let's say amen. amen. So the first thing is that salt is a seasoning. That, 
that wherever you are and whatever influence that God has given you, you are not there by accident. You're there by divine appointment. And often, so often in our lives, the things that we experience, we often, again, we kind of bemoan, we, we, um, they create some anxiety in us. But we've got to remember that where God has us, he often has us there uh, for the benefit of somebody else. So again, salt is a is seasoning, number one. Here's what I want you to, number two, I want you guys to participate with me, is that salt is also a preservative. Somebody say a preservative. So here's the second characteristic of salt. Salt is effective as a preservative because here's the, a little bit of science class this morning. Salt is effective as a preservative because it draws water out of food and it dehydrates it. And it says that all living things require water and cannot grow in the absence of it, including the bacteria which can cause food poisoning. Salt prevents future decay. Prevents future decay. So the question that we're seeking to answer is, okay, Jesus, I know that you've saved me. I know that you've sent the Spirit of God to live inside of me. I know that you have called me to be a part of a church family. And I also know that your desire in my life is that we would make an influence in the world around us, a positive influence. And I believe that the second application for us as salt being a preservative is that we've got to make the specific um, choices on a day-to-day basis that we've got to choose to live a life according to God's word. That we've got to choose to live a life according to God's word. Here's how God often prevents decay. Here's how God prevents decay. Here's how God desires to keep us safe and to to give us direction and insight and wisdom. He's designed the world to work where his sign of his favor towards us is not the things that he's given us. It's the fact that God has given us his word. When you think about the Old Testament, what what characterizes the people of God in the Old Testament is never the things that they have. What characterizes the people of God in the Old Testament is that God has spoken to them, that they have revelation, that, that God has communicated them in the midst of their suffering that he's got a plan and a purpose for their life. And so the same thing is true of us. What what. Um, what should encourage us in the midst of the world in which we're living is to know in the midst of all the things that we experience, all of the things that we've read about, all the things that we see across mass media or social media is to know that our God's desire in our lives is to speak to us through his word in the context of community so that we would know his plans for us, and how we might please him. So that that God would give us some direction in our lives through the word about how pain can be avoided. And and perhaps even in our world, and there's often times when we're experiencing suffering, we're experiencing heartache, we're experiencing difficult times in our life where, where God's word is also designed to help give us perseverance in the midst of what we're experiencing, in the midst of what we we find in front of us, which could be hard or difficult or challenging. Here's how I like to define wisdom. Wisdom is the ability 
to see and to experience life from God's perspective. Wisdom is the ability to see and to experience life from God's perspective. And so, so here's what's really important about this this morning. For you and I to be sought where God places us, we need to position ourselves to receive God's wisdom so that we're able to dispense God's wisdom to those that we're in connection with. Because here's the challenge, and I think we would all agree with this, is that for some people in some circumstances that we find ourselves in, uh, we will perhaps be the only Bible that some people ever read. We'll be, we'll be the only um, uh, kind of deposit of, of, of God's wisdom, God's heart, uh, God's desire for them. And so what the Lord has done in his sovereignty is made sure that for you and I to prevent decay in the lives of those that we care about, we position ourselves to be recipients of God's word so that we would know God's plan for us so that we could positively affect the lives of those that we're connected to. Amen? That's good news. And so, so wisdom is the ability to see and to discern life from God's perspective. And here's the good news about the gospel. Here's what I love about the gospel. The gospel is not just the good news that Jesus died for our sins, that Jesus rose from the dead, and that one day we'll be in heaven with Jesus. That's a truncated gospel. That's part of the gospel. That's the justification part. But the good news of the gospel is not only the fact that he died for us, uh, that he rose from us, that he's at this very moment at God's right hand. Here's also the good news that Jesus has sent the spirit of God to indwell us so that you and I have the capacity to live lives that please him. So that we have the capacity to live lives that honor him. And, and here's, here's the other good part of the good news, the fact that Jesus will one day come back again. Amen? That he's gonna come back. And, and that all of the brokenness that we experience in the world, the, the wars and the conflict uh, and the relational challenges and the calories, somebody say amen. It's all of the things that sometimes make life difficult. It's understand the good news of the gospel is that Jesus will one day make everything that we experience as broken new again. And that's what allows us to live lives of purpose. That's what allows us to persevere in the midst of suffering. That's what allows us to continue moving forward when we face circumstances that really feel like they're above our natural pay grade to deal with. That wisdom is the ability to live and to discern life from God's perspective. And I was preparing this message this week. I mean, here was a kind of a constant prayer on my mind is, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. And I was talking to a brother this week, and this brother has been follower of Jesus for a number of years. And uh, we were just having a conversation. He was just checking in on the church plan. And I just remember him kind of sharing, um, I think just, just some, perhaps some regret or um, just, I think his awareness that over the past few months, he had not been in God's word as he would hope. Uh, and, and one of the things that I just felt the spirit of God, again, he's been following Jesus for 20 or 30 years. And, and typically, you know, when you're you know, receiving wisdom from somebody older than you. I mean, this is just kind of my practice just to kind of receive. But I really felt the Spirit of God prompting me to say to him, there's always tomorrow. That there's always an opportunity for us uh, if, if we don't have a consistent rhythm of digging in God's word to understand who he is and what God desires for us. There's always 
an opportunity to start tomorrow, amen? Or to start today. And so I just wanna encourage perhaps somebody in here today uh, that might kind of struggle with this kind of regular rhythm of digging into God's words so that God can communicate his heart for you, his desires for you, and his plans for you, and his purposes, so that God can encourage you, so that God can give you wisdom and direction to know that there's always today and there's always tomorrow. Here's what I wanna do just very briefly. I just wanna read just three scriptures over you. Um, and if you're taking notes today, you can jot these down. And I was just kind of thinking this week, about um, just the power of God's word and what God's word is designed to produce in us. And first scripture is Proverbs 1.7. Proverbs 1.7, it'll be on our screen here. It says that the fear of the Lord uh, is the beginning of knowledge. It says that fools despise wisdom and discipline. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So again, God's grace towards, God's kindness towards us is, is not principally connected to the things that we have and possess, but it's connected to the fact that our God is alive and that he speaks, that he's still speaking, that he's still communicating to us. Here's the second scripture I wanted to read for your hearing this morning. It's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I would encourage you to jot it down. If you've not memorized it, this is just a scripture that I believe will bless you. 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God might be equipped for every good work. So God gives us his word so that we are equipped to be able to do what God has called for us to do. And so I was, again, I was reflecting this week is, Lord, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you uh, that you speak today I celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive, that he spent the spirit of God to live inside of us. And the spirit of God delights when you read God's word and when you study God's word and when you meditate on God's word to allow the word of God to come alive in your heart. Here's the last scripture, Psalm 119, verse 11, one of my favorite Psalms. It says, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. So the psalmist in Psalm 119, I mean, there's some hundred plus verses where the psalmist is reflecting on the goodness of, of God, not in the stuff that the psalmist has, but in the fact that God has spoken. And in Timothy 3, praise the Lord, amen. So wisdom is the ability to see and experience life from God's perspective. And again, we want to, and one of the disciplines that we're even sitting under right now is to, to be here, to gather together with God's people so that we can hear God's word read, so we can hear God's word spoken and sung over so that God would fill us up so that we're able to have the impact that he would desire for us to have. So salt is a seasoning. Salt is also a preservative. Let me just give you number three is that salt is also, somebody say, a purifier. Salt's a purifier. Um, I told you all uh, a little bit earlier, I grew up in Washington, D.C., but one of the unique things about just kind of my upbringing in Washington, D.C., is that we were probably one of the only families in our cul-de-sac uh, where we had, y'all, we had well water. Anybody grow up with well water? 
in here? Any well water? I had more people to first service. Okay, that's some folks who grew up with well water. Here was the kind of crazy thing. The blessing of well water meant that you didn't have to pay. I mean, you didn't get kind of that water bill that most of us kind of get every month. So that was the blessing of well water. But here was, I think, one of the things that I learned about well water just kind of growing up is that well water had to be purified. Um, what my dad would often do um, at least a couple of times a month is that he would get a big bag of salt and he would have to go down to our basement and to take that salt and to pour that salt um, in some type of purification system. And, and here's what that salt did. The salt made it possible that the water that was coming to our house, we were able to consume. If that salt had not done its job, then we wouldn't have been able to have drinking water that we could actually rely on. And so here's the third description of salt is that salt has a mission. If, if salt as a purifier doesn't accomplish the mission, then we would not have been able to consume the water. And the very same way, again, let's think about Jesus' calling his believers and the church salt. So what he's also saying to us is that you and I have a mission. You and I have an assignment. And, and, and what I love about Jesus, and he says it in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he says that if the salt loses its saltiness, it's good for nothing. So here's my third application as salt as a purifier, is that we've got to choose to live a life seeking to make God famous. Seeking to make God famous. Because everything in the world in which we live is often seeking to make much of ourself. But you've got to know that if Jesus has saved you, if the Spirit of God indwells you, baby, you are salt. You're salt, amen? There's, there's, no, um, there's no use in trying to hide it. There, there's no use... And being ashamed of it, Jesus has said he has made you salt. And I love here, Jesus is, in some sense, in verse 13, kind of speaking uh, in hyperbole. Because Jesus ultimately, you can actually even look this up, is that salt is actually unable to lose its saltiness. So what he is saying to us this morning is don't waste your life trying to be what I've created you not to be. He says, you're salt. I've placed you here on assignment and your assignment individually and with a group of people who love Jesus and are submitted to Jesus and have committed to follow Jesus. Here's what I want to do. I want to use you to point the world to me. That's good news, isn't it? So here's what you got to know, family, is that you and I are not qualified based on our past mistakes based on our present circumstance. When Jesus sees you, he sees new. He sees salt. And because Jesus sees salt, you've got to know that you and I in South Florida, in your neighborhood, on your job, we are on assignment to glorify God in our lives. What does it mean to glorify God? It just means to make him famous. It means as you go through your circumstances of life, uh, people don't walk away thinking about your greatness and your goodness and every opportunity you get, you're trying to kind of shed light 
that what allowed you to keep moving was not your stuff. It was actually Jesus working in and through you. You're a new creation. Salt is a new thing. I want to encourage somebody today to be salt, be salty. Don't hide who you are. Uh, uh, realize that the experiences and the places that God has, has put you, he's put you there so that you can point the world to him. And I was just thinking this week, family, and again, I didn't get all of these scriptures to the team uh, earlier this week because I was just thinking, I said, Lord, can, can you just show me some ways that you have made us new as salt. We're no longer who we are. And there's just a couple of scriptures I just want to read for you. And I want you all to celebrate with, with me this morning. It says that our resurrected king gives good gifts. And here's the first thing that God does. He says that he's given us, somebody say, a new identity. Let me just read these scriptures. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. He's also giving you, somebody say, a new spirit. Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14 says, In him you were also sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And when you believed, it says the Holy Spirit was given to you as a down payment of our inheritance into the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. I want you all to say that he's given us a new mind. Say new mind. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You have been made new. Somebody say, God's given me a new family. Ephesians 1, excuse me, Ephesians 2, verse 19 and 20, it says, So then, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. I want you all to say that Jesus has given me, somebody say, a new kingdom. Colossians 1, I'm just giving you the scripture. Y'all know I didn't make this up. It says, he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I want y'all to say new mission. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. He says, Jesus came near to all of his disciples and he said to them, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I'm always with you until the ends of the earth. Family, I just read a few scriptures because I want you to know how much God went through to make sure that you and I can live as new creations. That we are new creations in Christ Jesus. That God's given us a purpose and a future and an assignment that he has created that only you and I can walk in. And so I want to encourage you today in the midst of all the things that we experience that we need to thank God that he's given us an assignment. God, we thank you that, that you've trusted us to represent you and that we, even at this very moment, Lord, we want to consider the lengths that you went through to make sure 
that we can live as salt in the world in which you've sent us. So Father Jesus, I want us to, this week, I'm gonna pray for you. And I just wanna pray that, that, that this week, uh, this month, this year, uh, that God would use you powerfully to impact the world around us. Amen. That's good news. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise on this morning. I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to pray that this would just be, uh, that you have a salty day. Amen. That you have a salty week, that you have a salty month, and that God would powerfully use you to make a difference in the lives of those you're connected to. Let's, let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.